Over the last two years, so much of our world has changed. Our lives have changed. The way we do life has changed. The way we even do church has changed. And one of the, one of the things that we found towards the end of last year was there's a lot of people that are weary. They're tired. They're anxious. They're scared to plan because they don't want to go through the disappointment of having those plans fall through. Um, life has changed. But amongst all the, the difficult things that happened last year, one of the positive things that we found last year was as the world slowed down, um, we had an opportunity to really think about what I think is the most important question in our lives, and it's the question of why. Why? Why do we do what we do? Why do we hang out with these type of people? Why am I the way I am? You know, why do I like this and why don't I like this? And one of the things, especially being in lockdown, having a little bit more time to think, is that a lot of people are starting to realize who they are. They're starting to realize what they really believe in. Um. And so this year, instead of like, and, and you know, for the guys that have been at church for a while, usually, you know, Jan 1 or the series beginning in January is usually a big like, come on, let's go and win it for Jesus and you know, let's get out there and, you know, like let's go and go and go. But actually this year what I thought we'd do is begin a little bit sort of slower pace and actually begin with this question, why? Why do we do what we do? Why am I a Christian? Why do I go to church? Why do I act and speak and live the way that I do? And so I've titled this series in January, Why? And so what we're going to do over the next five weeks in January is we're going to look at certain things that we do as Christians or do as the church, and we're going to go back and ask ourselves, why do we do these things? Why are they important or are they important? And for us to let God speak into these questions. And so today we start with this question, why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? Why are you a Christian? Okay, I'm not asking like, why do you, you know, your, you know, your toothbrushing habits, like why, why do you use Colgate? You know, I'm not asking that. Why do you do what you do as a Christian? Why have you even chosen to be a Christian? Why do you come to church? And actually, when you think about, if you, if you try to map it out and you, you try to use words to verbalize what it is, it comes down to one word, belief. It comes down to the word belief. Now, the word belief is defined, as the dictionary says, an acceptance that something exists or is true. An acceptance that something exists or is true. What We do what we do based on what we believe. We do what we do based on what we believe. Now, I'll give you an example. You're on the train station. You're on the train station and you're waiting for a train and you see the train coming in and you see at the front of the train that there is a wheel that is a little bit shaky. That's not what you want to see when, you know, when a train is pulling up, right? And you see this wheel is shaky. And the question is, what do you do? Right? What do you do when you see your train come, but it has a shaky wheel? 
What do you do depends on actually what you believe about that wheel, right? If you believe that the wheel will be fine, the wheel's fine, it's just city rail. You know, it's just, you know, it's just extra excitement on your, on your train ride, a little bit of extra bumps, right? If you, in your heart of hearts, you're like, you know what, it should be fine. What do you do? You act on that belief and you get on your train. But if you believe that that wheel is not fine, that that wheel is going to fall and the, the, the wheel will come off the tracks and the train will come off the tracks and then maybe the train will flip and then the train will burn and then you will die. You know, like that's how some people's minds work. If you believe that that wheel is going to fall off, there is no way you're going to get on that train. No way. It's all about what you believe. And I tell you what's interesting. You actually make the action, right? You choose to either get on the train or not on the train, not actually based on fact. Because the wheel hasn't come off or stayed on. But that's not what you're basing your decision on. Your decision is based on your belief on what that wheel is going to do. So if that's the case, right, the question isn't why do you do what you do, but the question that we really want to ask today is this. What do you believe? What is it that you believe? Belief dictates behavior. Belief dictates behavior. Because what you ultimately believe will dictate the actions in your life. Another word for belief that the Bible uses is the word faith. And the Bible defines the word faith in Hebrews 11.1 as, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now if we go back to the train example, it said whether you get on the train or not actually has nothing to do with the real factual outcome of what that wheel will do. The wheel has not moved, it has not stayed on or fallen off, but what ultimately drives our action is what we believe that it will do. We're confident in what we think that wheel is going to do. And we are sure enough to take action to either get on or off that train. Now, there are many things in the Bible that talk about, you know, faith. But I think, you know, and this is not the extensive list, but I think there are four core beliefs that all Christians believe as a foundation that then dictates their behavior. But I think sometimes the church and Christianity gets this wrong. I think we're so focused on behavior and how we live and what we do and what we shouldn't do rather than really asking the question, what is the belief that dictates this behavior? Why do you act the way you do? It's because of what you believe. And so why don't we talk about that? Let's talk about the why. Let's talk about the, the, the belief first. So there are four things that I want to touch on today that I think are core beliefs of our faith. Number one is this, God is real. Genesis 1.1, first verse in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Can I tell you, do you know what day this verse gets read the most? 
January 1. As everyone starts their, you know, yearly Bible plan. And if you, if you haven't, you know, signed up to a, you know, read your Bible in a year plan, you should. We read this verse so many times, but, but most of the time we just skim over it. Just pause for a moment and think about what it actually says. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What is in that statement is what we call a supposition, which is an assumed fact. An assumed fact is that God exists. God is real. We read this, right? In the beginning, God created. No one questions. No one questions that verse. But actually, if you think about it, that is one of the most controversial verses in all of history. Because what you're saying is that God exists. That there is a God that he created the world and that he's real. The first core idea is the idea that there is a God and he created the universe. Now, for many of us who have been going to church, you haven't even questioned this ever, maybe. But this is something that you need to understand is a core belief. Hebrews 11.6, And without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What, what the author of Hebrews is saying is this, for you to pray to God, for you to worship a God, the first thing that you actually need to believe is that there is one. That there is a God. Like, and I know it, this sounds like you know, Christianity 101. It is Christianity 101. But the importance of this is for us to, once again, just remember what is it that we believe? Because I promise you, once you start to know this, then that will play out in the rest of this year for you. God is real. This is our first core belief. Secondly, God is eternal. Psalm 90 verse 2, before the mountains were born or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. God is eternal. Eternal means lasting and existing forever. And this is our second core belief, meaning that what we believe is that God exists forever. It means that God existed before we existed, before even creation existed, and that when we die and, and, and one day when the world blows up or whatever's going to happen to the world, God will continue to exist. It means that God is not like his creation. He is not like us. But he is not, and he is not bound by time or the human limitations. But he is actually limitless. That he's actually on a different playing field to who we are. It means that there is life after the one that we live. See, You've got to, when you start unpacking it, when you say God is eternal, then the subsets are, well, then there's life after we die. That's, that's the belief, logic, rationale, right? And, and, the, and the life that we live after this one is not ruled by humans, 
but is still ruled by God, who is eternal. And that's our second belief. The third belief is this, God is good. Psalm 34, 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Mark 10, 18, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. The third core belief that believers have is that God is good. Now, let's define good. Good is defined as pleasant or enjoyable. Pleasant or enjoyable. Now, we believe this. Now, we probably don't really talk about this, but we believe that God is pleasant and enjoyable and that when God, he gives good gifts, meaning he gives us pleasant and enjoyable gifts. If you did not believe that God was good, you will not go to God. And that's the reason why so many people in this world, right, do not believe in God because they do not believe that God is actually good. And so questions around suffering, Questions around chaos in this world. Where is God when there is suffering? And people who cannot, um, when they cannot make peace with the idea that God is actually good, then the following action is that they will not go to God. They will not go to God. They might believe that he exists. They might believe that he's real. They might believe that he's eternal. But if they don't think that he's good, then why would they go to him? But we believe God is good. And so that allows us to approach God. Also, but in believing that God is good, we also believe that God, the creator of the universe, gets to set the standard of what goodness is. We don't get to go, this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong. But when we believe that God is real, that God is eternal, and that God is good, that he is the standard of goodness, that no one on earth, that no one on earth firstly gets to define goodness, but secondly, under God's definition of goodness, we don't match up to his goodness. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See, it's, it's, it's one core belief that then starts to roll out in all these other areas. If we believe that God is good and if we believe that God is the only goodness, he gets to set the standard for what goodness is. And if that's the case, then everyone else, we don't match it. We don't get there. Problem is, we compare ourselves to each other and we think that we're good or gooder, right? Or better, right? Like, I'm better than that person. Like, I, I'm not in jail. Like, I didn't, I didn't commit that crime. Like, I, look, look at me, I'm just better. And so, so we suddenly think that because we're better than our neighbor that we're suddenly good. But the problem is, that's when you get to set the standard of goodness. But we don't. We don't have that right because, one, we didn't create the world, and, two, we're not good. It's like when one of my kids says, I'm the smartest person in the world, and you're like, no, you're not. It's so simple. Like, you're just not. I'm smarter than you. So, therefore, under you know, that theory, I am the smartest person in the world. You know, like, it doesn't make sense, right? When we say that when we're good, when we go, no, no, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm righteous, no. 
you're not. But that all comes out of the core belief that God is good. The fourth one and the last one is that God is love. God is love. 1 John 4, 8 to 10. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And this is the fourth and final core belief, that God is love. Love is not something that God does. It's not like us. You know, when, when we say that we're loving, we have to do things that show love or express love. But for God, it's not about what he does. It's actually who he is. Have you ever noticed? For us to show love, we actually have to make massive effort. You know, we talk about the five love languages, right? Um, gifts, physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, right? When we do marriage counseling, we, we, we tell our, our couples how are you going to love the other person? And then they have to think about it. Well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make effort and do this. You know, God doesn't actually have to, it, it, it doesn't actually go against his core. Whereas it does for us because our core is selfishness. If, if we don't make effort, we're just selfish. We just do things for ourselves, right? But not God. God is not about doing things in love. God is love. So everything that he does is love. That's his identity. And because God is love, to a humanity that sinned and fell short of his glory, because of his love for man, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, to be the atoning sacrifice. The atoning sacrifice means it's a sacrifice that made things right. It was atoned for between God and man. That's how much God loves us. Not only did he make things right between us and him, but he did it by sacrificing his one and only son. And he only had one. If God had five kids and sacrificed one of them, you kind of go, okay, well, he's still got four left, right? You know, one day, maybe that will be my justification. You know, it's just whatever, right? But, but God did that, and, and it's just because of who he is. He is love. See, if you believe that God is love, right, and we go back to the question of why, you know, why do you believe what you believe, right? Like, if you believe God is love and therefore God did that for us because of his love for us, our response to God changes. But if you believe that God did that as an act where he just wanted to control his people, right? And I've heard these theories before. God only did that because he wanted to manipulate mankind. Man, it's like... That core belief will completely dictate your behavior. You will never go to God because you will always treat him like a dictator. But if you believe that God is love, that's who he is, and what he did for us was dictated by who he was, then our response to him is completely different. Four core beliefs. God is real. God is eternal. God is good. And God is love. 
Why is it that we need to know what we believe? Because what we believe completely changes the way we live our lives. It changes your vision. It changes your mission. It changes your purpose. It changes your life direction. You can make whatever New Year's resolution you want. What are we, day two, right? You know, some of us have already broken New Year's resolutions, like myself. Right? Eat healthy. And I was driving, and one of my kids yelled out in the back, can we get a hash brown? And I was like, praise the Lord. (laughs) Thank you for the reminder. (laughs) No New Year's resolution will change your life compared to knowing what you really believe. When you know what you really believe, meaning you know why you do what you do, that will have the more that will have a greater impact on your life. In 2022, that's gonna be the biggest difference. I promise you. Any opportunity that comes in 2022, whatever job changes happen, whatever life stage change happens in your life is nothing compared to you knowing why you do what you do, meaning you are sure on what you believe. That will create the everlasting changes, the eternal changes. Know what you believe because whether you like it or not, That's what drives your life. Here's the thing. If you believe in those four statements to be true, God is real, God is eternal, God is good, and God is love, then our actions, they actually become reactions. Then we actually live a life of responding to these truths. That's why you get verses like this in Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. That's why we get responses that come out from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's the way you respond when you believe in those core four statements. But if you don't believe in any one of those, any combination, right, there is no way you're going to respond to God in trusting in him. Because your core foundational belief does not align. It does not align. And can I tell you, it's not even, like it's just all about that faith. It's all about what you believe it to be. Beliefs are not spoken, but they are seen in the actions of our lives. Anyone can say, I believe in God. I believe that McDonald's is bad for you. I believe that exercise is good for you. Anyone can say whatever they want. But real belief is translated in the actions of a person. We worship God because we believe that he deserves our worship. 
We read the Bible and Scripture and meditate it on every day because we believe that it is the living Word of God. We pray because we believe that when we pray, on the other end of the prayer is a God that is good and that listens to us and responds. We gather because we believe that life, that God did not want us to do life alone and that we need each other in family and community. What you believe dictates your life, your behavior. So know what you believe. Know where your faith is. And even if it's at the point where you're just like, I'm just getting started. I don't know if I truly believe in these core beliefs. That is a better starting place than just trying to live a life and not even know why you do what you do. Friends, to know what you want to do and achieve this year, you've got to ask yourself the question, why? Why is it that I've set my goals like this? Why is it that I want to achieve this? Why is it that I want to go down this road? But for you to know why ultimately goes back to the question, what is it that I believe? And my prayer in 2022, really my prayer for our church, is that you would believe in God more than ever before. That you would believe in who God is and who he says he is. And that that would translate naturally. It would translate naturally into every area of your life. Your relationships, your words, your work, and into your actions. God is real. God is eternal. God is good and God is love. And if we believe that, then we say amen. Amen. Let's pray.